0: When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us.
1: On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest
0: episode.
2: Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse
1: every inch of this cordyceps coded universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents
3: Pondering the Bagel with Tom.
2: Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast.
0: (laughs) Peter Rosenberg. Shout out, Zach. I The majesty.
3: Oh my goodness. It's professional
2: wrestling.
3: A thousand percent. Confirmed.
2: Not mage. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. ladies and gentlemen the world's number one sports and recreation podcast is cheap heat uh it is the there's something going on friday edition for this friday february 3rd frigid on the east coast hopefully you're somewhere warm sipping a pina colada or a daiquiri right now and maybe a pool i hope there's someone on vacation listening to this show because let me tell you right now in new york city it's not a vacation It's, it's disgusting um we have a fun show today first of all I just want to say, shout out to everyone who listened last week. I know last week's, uh, there's something going on Friday. It was definitely something, something interesting. A little bit of a mishmash we threw together. But this week, we're trying to bring you, uh, I told you, we're going to bounce back with a big, full episode. And that's what we're doing. We have a big interview coming up. And then we'll get into some mailbag. The mailbag has been absolutely blowing up. So shouts to everyone who's writing us. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. I'm going to try to get through as many as I can. But before that... You guys know we don't do a ton of NXT on this show, but um, I'd heard a lot about Roxanne Perez. A, because of course she dethroned Mandy and then Mandy left. And B, because she came from Reality of Wrestling, which is my guy Booker T's uh, promotion. So I've heard a lot about her. Um, And when I was offered her this week in promotion for the NXT Vengeance Day premium live event tomorrow, I said, you know what? Let's talk to the NXT Women's Champion. So that's what we're going to do right now. A conversation with your NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez. And then we'll get into some mailbag. It's there's something going on Friday. Ma, 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 ma. Her name is Roxanne Perez, the NXT women's champion. Roxanne, how are you? Welcome to Chi
1: I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
2: Uh I'm really, really good and excited to have you on. You know, we don't do I don't do a ton of uh NXT stuff on Chi We hit it here and there, but not constantly. But when I was given the opportunity to have you in this moment before your big um, premium live event debut as champion, I thought it was a really cool opportunity. And uh, your story's been really, really cool. So I'll I'll work backwards. How has the last month or so been? Like, how has life been since winning the NXT Women's Championship?
1: My gosh, it's been crazy. I um, I feel like ever since I had actually gotten signed, things just started going really fast. And then the last few months have just like been crazy. Um, like it's it's crazy because like since, since I was a kid, I've dreamt of this and I've dreamt of having moments like this. And, and I always wanted to be NXT Women's Champion. And um, then so many things like happened like greater than I could have ever imagined. So it's just like such, it's a cool part about like, being able to like do what I love and accomplish my dreams is that like, yeah, I get to accomplish my dreams, but it's also like so many other things that I would have never imagined start happening and it's it's cool, it's really, really cool.
2: So for people who don't know your story, you know a lot of people might have just seen your name pop up and it was interesting of course, because you took the title from Mandy and then Mandy left, which has been like this whole other interesting sort of side saga to the Roxanne Perez story, but if you really dig into your story, it's a really cool one. Um, You first, I believe you first started showing up to Reality of Wrestling, Booker's promotion in Houston when you were like 16 years old, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: And you were taking the bus from Laredo to Houston. Like, how did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? How did you know that was the way to go, was going through ROW?
1: Um... I mean, like Booker T, you know, he's like one of the best wrestlers like ever to have ever been um, one of the best entertainers. Um, and so I just thought I remember um, I've told this story before, but I was like 10, 11, maybe. And uh, we had like a family computer and I was looking up wrestling schools in Texas, um, all, like just by myself. And I called my parents over and I had found Booker T's reality wrestling school. And I was Mm. like, hey, like, Booker T has a wrestling school here in Texas. Um, When I turn 18, I want to move to Houston and start training to become a wrestler. And they were like, all right, like, that's what you want to do. Like, then that's what you're going to do. You know, Um, they were always so supportive. Um, And then I ended up getting trained earlier than expected. I would like bug my mom all the time. Can I please train? Can I please train? There was like a local wrestling school here in, uh, uh, not here, but in my hometown, Laredo. Um, And she would like ask the promoter, hey, like, is there any chance my daughter can start training? She really wants to become a wrestler. And uh, I think she asked when I was like 12 and he was like, give it a little bit longer, like put her in tumbling classes, some gymnastics that should really like kickstart her. Um, And so that's what I did. I got into gymnastics all for wrestling um then when I was like 13 she asked again and he was like all right bring her in and so I walked into like this garage with like 20 other grown men and I'm like this little scrawny 13 year old with my mom (laughs) (laughs) and I was just so serious about it and I think like everybody there knew as well that how serious i was about it and i don't think that really they thought i would take it so seriously especially being so young but it's crazy because I, I i knew what i wanted to do and i knew that i was going to make it happen somehow in my little mind i knew that one day it was it was going to happen i just had to start putting in the work now um and that's what i did and now i'm an champion <laughs>
2: yo it's it's crazy because i saw you say um WWE put up a social clip of you after the Rumble saying you were disappointed to not win the Rumble, but you know that one day you will. And it struck me. It's the kind of thing, you know, a wrestler would say. It's not unusual, but it struck me because I'm like, she knows it's true. And now she's seen multiple times, you know, from reality of wrestling to ring of honor to here. Like you have seen that what you're interested in doing will happen. Is that right? Like, did you one hundred percent believe when you said the other day that you are going to win it that one day you will have a WrestleMania match?
1: Yeah, and I've always like, like I said, like in my crazy little ten year old mind, I always knew that somehow it was going to happen, and um, I just always had this gut feeling like I was like created to 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 wrestle. Um, I was created to like live out my dreams, and and I just for some reason, felt like it was going to happen. And of course, like the journey to anything, the journey to any dream is like so hard. It's like, not, it's not going to be just up. It's not going to be just down. It's going to be like this, like a little roller coaster. So, um, there was moments where it was like, wow, like, is this really going to happen? Should I really keep going? Like, this is so hard. Um, just life sometimes gets in the way of things. And, um, yeah, I just had to really just tell myself, like, look, it's hard, but it's going to happen. Like, you haven't come this far just to come this far. Like, you just got to keep going. And, and yeah, that's what I did. <laughs>
2: what was hard? Was anything hard about the, like, physically, the training part? Like, you were a little kid. Obviously, you're 13, 14 years old. But yeah. what, what did you find physically hardest about wrestling?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um so I feel like being young I didn't really feel like the bumps and the hits so much, you know? Uh even now I feel like I don't I don't feel it too too much. Um but I think like more of like the the hard part of wrestling for me. So I remember um doing once I actually started getting on independent wrestling shows I was going to the independent wrestling shows on the weekend. Sometimes if I couldn't figure out how to get there, I would get on a Greyhound to whatever destination I was going to as well. And
2: you're like um, 15 years old. We're talking. Yeah, about Yeah. I'm
1: like, I'm like 15, 16. Okay. So um, my mom's like tracking me on my phone and I'm like doing these rounds. Cause I have sisters, you know, like she can't like, like she she did take me to a couple of my shows and like my trainings but it was just hard because I have three other sisters that she also had to take care of so it was like mm-hmm. all right if I want to do this like I'm gonna do this <laughs> um but I remember getting home at like on Sunday or technically Monday morning at like four in the morning and then having to get up for school at like 7 A.M and my mom would come in the door and be like hey like you're going to school like you're not you're not getting away with school um and that was always her thing like if you want to be a wrestler okay but your grades got to be up you have to go to college um so that was that was her thing and I think that that was at the time the tough part because I was taking college classes in high school um then I had my regular classes then I was constantly training I was um taking greyhounds on the weekends or going to the shows on the weekends getting back like the night before school at like four or five in the morning, then going to school in like two hours. Um, so yeah. Did you have any
2: social life? Do you have any teenage social life at all?
1: I did. So I had like my close friends and, uh, I wasn't really like so out there with like, Hey guys, yeah, I'm a wrestler. Um, but I had my small group of friends that knew and, uh, they were always so supportive too. And they would come to my shows. Um, they, so, like, also on, like, spring breaks and Christmas breaks, instead of, like, going to hang out with my friends, I was, like, getting on a Greyhound to go train at Booger T's because that was the only time I really had. Um And I didn't mind it, and my friends didn't mind it either. Like, I know sometimes they were probably like, oh, come on, like, come have fun with us. But I was like, sorry, guys, chasing my dream over here.
2: When did you, at what age did you realize what wrestling was? Was there, was there a time when you were really little and just thought it was fighting? Like, obviously you probably must've figured it out relatively early as you wanted to pursue it. So yeah, yeah, do you remember what age you were?
1: Yeah. So I was like 10 when I got into wrestling and I remember, I think like the wrestling was like the really cool part about, about wrestling right but i think the storyline is what really really like intrigued me like the way that wrestling could like make me feel all these different types of ways it was like wow that's that's really what drew me in and uh i remember watching like aj lee and uh she i i think that's when i really thought like oh wow i can really do this because she represented me uh she was like latina she was she's small um petite you know she's um she didn't look like the other divas that you usually saw and then she was in all these storylines she was general manager she was she was everywhere and I thought that that was such a cool thing to see her do like she played all these roles and she was a woman and like at the time you would never see a woman play all these roles and uh I thought that was so cool and inspired me so much and I was like wow like I really really want to pursue this
2: Um, your, your story for anyone listening right now and the kind of people who listen to cheap heat are like, you know, I'd say a lot of people like me, like, you know, in their, in their thirties, you know, forties been fans of it forever. Um, and I think if, if you're not yet dialed in to what Roxanne's doing, your history with the whole thing to me is what is just so endearing and charming. There's a a clip that's also gone around of you on that episode of (laughs) total divas. Yeah. Um, what was that situation like in the clip you're talking to Natty and you're talking to Bree and you're like telling them you want to be a diva. What what was that situation? How long was that? Like 10 years already?
1: Yeah, I was like 13 in that clip. So, yeah, like maybe like a good 8 years. Um It's crazy cuz like when I was a kid, um my mom if like even if she couldn't afford to take me to the actual show she would always take me to like the gym to meet the wrestlers she would take me like outside of the arena at like 2 in the afternoon she would like let me get out of class to like go meet the wrestlers and Every single time I would meet a wrestler, I wanted to meet every single wrestler I could. And every time I did, I was like, I want to be a wrestler. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> so I just like picked everybody's brains as much as I could as a little 13 year old kid. And uh, I remember that was one of the times that I was doing that. And um, they before the the girls did can't come, there was like a camera crew and they were like, hey, would you guys be willing to be on Toro Divas? And we're like, mom's like, Yeah, sure. You, you know, hey, you just gotta sign these waivers. So we did that. Um, I didn't think anything of it, and they came. I started talking to them, they were so sweet. They gave me like so much advice that has stuck that has truly truly stuck with me my whole career. Um, and yeah, they I I like I said I didn't think anything of it, but uh it was like a few months later we were all watching like Total Divas and I popped up and we were like, oh my God, this is crazy. And I remember like like talking to my mom and being like, oh, one day they're going to be able to use that when I, when I make it to WWE. And now that I'm here and like it's like a full circle moment and they're actually like, they actually brought that back. And, you know, I was just in the Royal Rumble with Natalia, someone that I literally asked for advice from in that clip so it's it is crazy you know the way the world works
2: it is crazy and it's all seemed like it's just kind of supposed to happen for you i, I want to get to you becoming the first ROH women's champ which is pretty amazing but um i was told that there was a time you talked about this before a time when you were working with Booker and he really got after you for not being ready <laughs> when your music hit um, so first of all, tell us about that story and what what it was like, just generally working closely with with Booker and what that moment was like with him a week ago on the ramp, holding up your hand as NXT Women's Champion.
1: Yeah. So Booker has always been like, so when I started at uh, reality wrestling, I was sixteen. So um, Booker and Charmel were like parents to me. Like they were always looking out for me. Charmel is like amazing. So cool. Um, but I. I feel like I learned so much from my time at Reality of Wrestling, like training at Booker's, not just not just about the wrestling aspect, but just about life. Like, you know, they always wanted to make sure we were good people, um, and and things like that. And yeah, I remember one time um, we had a we had a re- reality of wrestling show, and this time we were at a different venue. So usually our locker rooms were kind of like, like. They were towards the back, but it was sort of an open space so you could hear the matches going on. In this venue, there the locker rooms were like complete closed doors. So you could not you didn't know what was going on unless you actually went out there, checked who's out. Um so yeah, we were in the back. Uh <laughs> we were putting our our match together, and I was like, Hey, um can you can you go yeah. check like what what match is on? And she's like, Yeah. And I'm like, putting on one boot. I, I haven't even put on the other boot i'm lacing one boot
2: oh my god
1: and she like storms in and she's like your music's playing and i was like no you're you're lying right you're just kidding and she was like no no like your music's actually playing right now and i was like oh my god i was like i don't i don't have my boot on this is like wrestler
2: a nightmare like an nightmare action. yeah like, a-
1: <laughs> like i've had <laughs> but like a literal real
2: life nightmare right exactly
1: <laughs> yeah I was like, "Oh my God, no way!" I was freaking out. I was like, trying to tie up my boot as fast as I could, and I just hear Booker across the hallway go, "What the hell?" And I was like, "Oh my God, no! Please don't come in here." He like, I'm the only one in the room. He like, opens the door. He's like, "What the hell is going on?" And I was like, "I, I just, my boot. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was just freaking out. I couldn't even get a word out." And he was like. He was, he was just pissed. He was like, God damn it. He like walked out. He's like, this is what happens when you think you're over. <laughs> and I was
2: Oh, like- that's. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was so funny. That really humbled me. Definitely humbled me. Um, and I remember Charmel coming in the room after and being like, don't let him talk to you like that okay she's like hugging me she's like she's like don't cry she's like you put your boots on and you go out there and you kick butt and I was like okay and then like after the match I like come come to the back and he's like okay kid like that was a good match you redeemed yourself I was like okay
2: that is don't
1: ever do that again I was like okay (laughs)
2: Wow. That sounds like a really special relationship with both of them. What a unique way to sort of come into the biz with sort of like, not just everyone, a lot of people have a trainer, but it's interesting to come in and you have a, like a couple who are both helping you, who are both from the business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was so awesome. I'm super grateful for them.
2: Yeah. That's really, really neat. Okay. So how did you, you, how did you make it from reality of wrestling to Ring of Honor? What was the process there?
1: So, um, I remember being with Reality Wrestling, I was their Diamonds Champion. Um, I remember before COVID, right before COVID hit, Ring of Honor had actually reached out to me um, for, like, some sort of uh, Ring of Honor women's tryout. Um, And basically, you go to the tryout and they were going to hand out like two contracts or something. Um, So I was so excited for that. Um, I could not wait. I remember even like uh, when I got the news about this, I had also gotten news from like the producer, uh, Kevin at Reality Wrestling saying how uh, he ended up being able to put a seminar together with uh, Natalia and it was gonna be like five of us girls from reality wrestling. So I remember getting this news and being like, Oh my god, this is crazy. And then COVID hit. Mm. And they were like, just kidding, you're not turning with Natalia. And we just completely canceled the the tryout. And I was like, damn, that <laughs> was like I just felt like, you know, everything was like going so well. And then it was just like, Nope. Now you have no wrestling for a long, long time. Um right. <laughs> so uh, and yeah i'm sure that was like the same for everybody like it just everything completely just went away and it was like okay what do we do now um so uh, kind of got past the um the pandemic uh things started getting a little bit better and maria canales and jonathan gresham actually reached out to me and was like hey we are doing this uh these uh women of wednesdays uh they were still doing it at the time really yeah not doing it anymore but they were doing women's of wednesdays and they asked if i wanted to come on so i was like yeah of course like no tryout needed just come on to the show and i was like okay so (laughs) i did that um and then maria like and maria is so amazing like oh my God, my time working with her was amazing. She is one of the best humans I've ever met. She's so like smart. She has such a great mind for wrestling um, and like the character aspects of it and and like the moments and the storytelling and all of that. Um, She ended up reaching out to me and was like, hey, we want to bring you g- back again. We're doing a tournament to crown the first Ring of Honor Women's world champion. And I was like, oh my God, I would, love to be in that so um we filmed that for like a couple of weeks um that was a co- super cool experience it was really cool because um on the independent scene you know especially like you didn't see a lot of women's um like women's shows you know it was mostly like even like still it was like the guy shows and then there was like maybe like one two match. women's matches yeah. yeah like maybe one woman's match and Maria was like no I want to like expand women's wrestling I want to create opportunities for more women's wrestlers and so I'm so grateful for her because she really did like I feel like ring of honor is what really got WWE's eyes on me um you know I I ended up being crowned as the first ring of honor women's world champion which well, was so
2: how crazy was that because you must have thought like oh cool I'll be in the tournament you can't have possibly thought you were going to win the tournament
1: I thought it would be so cool if I won it, but I, I didn't really, like I said, I never, since I was a kid, I saw myself in WWE. That's all, that's all I ever wanted. I didn't know about independent wrestling. Then I started doing independent wrestling and I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then like ring of honor, like I fell in love with being there. And uh, like then to be crowned the first ring of honor, women's world champion. That was insane. I think that was like a, A pivotal moment in my career and I think it really made me realize like okay wow like this is so possible like all of my dreams are so possible and this is proof that like this is this is not even the ceiling that I'm gonna hit and I knew that I was like this is not the ceiling like there's so much more that I'm going to do but this is like a moment that I will literally never forget because I remember my parents were there, like my mom and my stepdad were there. And um like they've always been so supportive, but obviously it's kind of tough like putting your 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old in like this a real life like business. It's an actual business. So uh there was times where it was like getting hard and um it would like my mom would kind of get stressed out a little bit, you know, like, hey, like you can't be going to training so much, you know, like like it worries me that you're out so much like at the wrestling shows I don't know like sometimes I don't know exactly where you are and like it was just a lot um and I'm sure there was d- a little bit of doubts uh with my parents like not that they ever didn't think I was gonna make it but I'm sure there's that like you know I really hope this works out you of know? course like actually they just want the best for me so it was just like I really, really hope this works out. Like, did we, did we make a mistake on me winning the ring of Honor women's championship and my parents being there and they, they were able to get in the ring and celebrate with me. I think that was a really cool moment. Cause it was like, wow. look, like everything that we went through like all those does that you guys had all those, like anything that ever stressed you out, like it was worth it because like, this is possible. Like I can do this and yeah.
2: (laughs) And also then I have to imagine they also, then when you got the call eventually, and I want to hear about that, you get the call from um, WWE to come to the PC. There must be a certain level of relief for them that knowing when you went down to the PC, there's a structure in place and like, it's not sort of you just freewheeling going to different places on the weekend, yeah. but like specific people they can call if they're worried yeah. about something that must have been nice for them.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: And so how did that happen? What, what Who was the phone? Who was the first phone call or interaction with about going to WWE?
1: So um, I remember, um, so I was Ring of Water World, uh Women's World Champion for like, Maybe like four months and then Ring of Honor went out of business. Uh I got the call saying, you know, like after December, like you're you're not gonna have a job with us anymore, as for everybody else. Um, and so that was a little stressful because I was just like, Oh, like dang, I like everything like I said, like wrestling is a roller coaster. It's never just gonna be up here, like like you just gotta be ready. Um, so, so yeah, I, I remember that happening. Didn't know which way I was gonna go yet. um and then it was the last ring of honor taping, and I got a call. uh I remember uh Gabe Sapolsky messaging me and being like, hey, um, what's your phone number? uh And I was like, oh, uh, I gave my phone number and he's like, okay. Then I didn't hear anything back, and then I got a call from a random number, and I answered the phone. He's like, "Is this is this Rock?" And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Is this is this Roxy?" This is William (laughs) Regal with WWE. Oh wow! And I was like, "What? (laughs) No way!" He's like, no, yes, this is William Regal with WWE. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, yeah, uh, hi, yeah, this is Roxy. And he was like, oh, so, you know, we heard what, what went on with uh, Ring of Honor and uh, we just, we we were interested in your work and we would really love to bring you down and and see if you like it here. And uh, yeah, like, would would you be interested in that? And I was like, yeah, like, of course, I'd be interested in that. It was just like, crazy perfect timing and uh at the time it was like still early december my contract ended in late december so he was like you know we want to uh we want to bring you in like you know early december and i i didn't think i was going to be able to do it because my contract still like lasted until the end of december um but i ended up i i talked to maria about it and she was so happy it was so it was so nice to like see how supportive all of them were because um, when I did tell them, it made them so happy. Because that's what Maria was trying to do mm-hmm. this whole time. That that's all she was trying to do: create more opportunities for women. She created this ring of water, women's division. She brought it back to life, um, and and she made it like awesome. And then all she wanted was for for us to be able to get opportunities out of it. So when I told her about it, she was so excited. Um she seemed she gave me such good advice. She told me, like, I'm always gonna be here if you ever need if you ever need someone to talk to, just call me. Um and so yeah, I I ended up talking to her about that. They ended up just letting me do the tryout while my contract was still in place. Um, they were like, Yeah, you know, we there's not gonna be any opportunities in January with us. So you're fine, you can go ahead and do that tryout. So did the tryout. I ended up getting called for an extended tryout, uh, which was in February. So that was like three weeks. I was at the PC for three weeks, um, like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. pretty much every day. It was kind of brutal. Um, but I was like, all right, like came this far, I'm here in the WWPC even if i leave with nothing like i'm going to learn everything i can i'm going to be like a sponge i'm going to just like enjoy this moment and just like just be happy that i actually just made it inside here you know mm-hmm. um did the extended trial and got my contract
2: pretty crazy story uh, your first extra work for wwe came in january 2020 at the royal rumble Three yeah. years, three years later, you're in the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> yeah was it was it a trip for you just showing up to do the extra work in January 2020?
1: Yes, that was like the first, and I remember it, since I was in wrestling for so long, since I was like 13, it would it would like bug me to see like everybody else being able to do extra work and and I couldn't because I wasn't 18 yet. So it was like, all right, I just gotta wait until I'm 18, like few more years and then finally turned 18 i was able to do extra work i uh did extra work for the rumble i think like uh as well as monday night raw so i was like in the conga line for that um (laughs) yeah um and yeah i remember being at the rumble and that being like so surreal and so cool um i was never able to go to a pay-per-view as a kid so the first pay-per-view that i went to was
2: and it was uh, and was it Houston? It was Houston. And it was right? in Houston, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so right. It was,
1: yeah. Um, and then yeah, fast forward three years later, the first like major WWE pay-per-view I'm in is Royal Rumble.
2: <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's an amazing story. People are gonna love uh watching this unfold. What are just last thing for you? Um, and again, um NXT Vengeance Day. You can watch the premium live event tomorrow on Peacock at eight o'clock Eastern with Roxanne defending. <laughs> Her NXT women's championship match and a triple threat against toxic attraction. But what what's out there? Like, what are your just give me a couple of dream matches because I know you're obviously such a student of this that there are people you fantasize about getting to have matches with. Who who are they?
1: Yes. Oh my God, so many. Um, the first person that popped into mind was Bailey. Um, you know, I looked up to her since I was a kid and being able to work with her now is like super, super cool. Um, I was able to have like a tag team match with her on SmackDown, and then she eliminated me from the Rumble. So I need some payback. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, but no, it would just also be so like so awesome, such a full circle. Um, Natalia as well. I think that would be super super cool. Um, Becky Lynch, I've always wanted to wrestle Becky Lynch um yeah there's a couple I would say Rhea as well I've wrestled her already but I just want to wrestle her again and again and again (laughs)
2: yeah she's she's special I mean the you're really you're it's cool because like every every few years it feels like we've gone through some sort of evolution with the women's division and then you look up and you're like wow it's even better and more full and as time goes on I mean we're making up for lost time obviously because you know, in this country with women in sports and entertainment, people weren't given opportunities. And now the opportunities are coming, we're just seeing the division get more rich yeah. as the years go on. So you're kind of like coming in a really sweet spot where you have these veterans now who are the original from the women's revolution and the people who have come after them, like Bianca and Rhea. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty cool time and and who knows when we'll see you on Raw or SmackDown, but I'm sure it's not too far down the road. <laughs> um, but you seem to be someone who's enjoying the moment. So continue to enjoy this moment as NXT Women's Champion,
0: and congratulations
2: on everything.
1: Thank you so much, thank you.
0: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style,
2: All right, big shout out to Roxanne Perez and everyone at WWE for making that happen today. Um, Man, she is a lovable person. It is hard not to root for her. Like, she's just one of those characters that you can tell we're all going to enjoy watching her ascent. Um, Man, she really figured it out early. Kind of an inspirational story, like with regard to figuring out what you want to do and totally believing in it and getting after it. Um, I... I remember being young and thinking I could do it all. And one day I'm going to be NXT Women's Champion. All right, let's get into it, guys. Mail. All right. Man, there's so much email in the last week. Uh, Where do I even start? I'm going to try to just keep it to one page. One page, Troy the Goy, on one page of my email, my Gmail, gets us back to January 28th. That's like five days ago in one page so everyone before that and they had a lot before that too uh here we go um uh benjamin wrote us and said that interview today was so cool of you john and case love wrestling wrestling is great <laughs> have a good night thanks ben <laughs> they they clearly do love wrestling and wrestling is great all right here's one from rohit Male. Hello to the Shmooly Uso Appreciation Society. Long time, first time from the Cobbler era, and given we're in on the, we're at the precipice of the most interesting Rumble in years, I thought I would try to make an attempt to take all the moving parts we know and don't know and form a cohesive narrative on a possible WrestleMania main event. Um, Reigns beats KO yet again to regain the title. He got that right. Under the Tribal Chief's orders, the Bloodline will try and succeed. Uh, to interfering in the Royal Rumble. No, no. So Shmuley wins. No, nope, it didn't happen. He he goes on to say, um, Sammy, uh, Shmuley Uso would never challenge the head of the table. Um, and sees this as perceived disrespect. Roman not happy with this. Turns on him and orders a savage beatdown of Sammy. Okay, so we did sort of end up there. KO comes in with the save, and we get the Usos versus uh, KO and Sammy at Mania to go along with the Rock Roman Showdown. So, by the way, this is basically where we ended up landing. Um, and listen, I heard from people. You know what I want to get to? Someone someone wrote an email where they disagreed. Okay, uh, Mean Gene wrote us. This is, this is good ma ma male. What's good, sweet Pete? SGG and the Dipocrite. You're wrong about Cody needing everything at the Rumble. Um, going into the night, everyone was worried about Sammy being Daniel Bryan at the Rumble. And that would cause people to resent Cody winning. What they actually did was super smart, saving Cody. Um and when 29 was announced, it was Logan Paul, who it seems like they're actually going to make a heel now and got heat for it. Now When 30 hits, everyone knows it's Cody and they anticipate it. Um, If Cody was in when 29 came in, I believe the crowd would be wanting Sammy and they'd start cheering for him for a minute and 30 seconds. Then bleep on the match. Having Cody be announced and number 30, they very smartly avoided people anticipating Sammy. Big fan, also new morning show guy. Any tips for waking up at 4.30 are greatly appreciated. First of all, congratulations, me and Gina, wherever you're doing mornings. It's very cool. Um, and no, I have no tip for waking up at 4.30. I was never good at it. I don't do it. Okay. I am gonna. I am the luckiest morning show host in America. I do not wake up in the fours. Okay. I'd, I wake up at basically normal morning time because I couldn't do that. The waking up pre-5.30 thing is not a thing I can do. I, I admit it right now. I mean, maybe there's a job out there I could be offered that would make me consider it, but I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think I'd say no to good morning, America. I think I'd say I'm good. I'm not getting up at 3.30. So no, you'll be fine. You'll get through it. But I also don't have any, anything to offer you. I do disagree with your email though, me and Gene. I mean, here's why. Just from being at the Rumble, I didn't get the sense people were desperate for Sammy to be there in the Rumble. You know Why? because they knew they were getting him later in the night. That's why you're, you, you make a good case, but that's why you're wrong. Sammy, they weren't going to be demanding Sammy show up in the Rumble because they knew the bloodline storyline was going to play out later in the night. So in the end, that's why I think it ended up being a disservice to Cody that it was done that way. Male. Jeff says, G off. It's Jeff with a G. Sorry, you shouldn't be identified that way. You're just Jeff. My closest friend Jeff in my life is a G off. Sammy can't dethrone Roman. Because imagine after the first few weeks of TVs when the buzz is worn off and the greatest story ever told was resolved, everyone's like, Sammy's the undisputed champion. Okay. Where does Sammy go from there? Sammy doesn't have it, despite his stellar role in the storyline. Maybe one title, but not undisputed. Also, can we talk about the topsy turvy racism? Of the Akeem Bossman Slick Stable. Bossman came out to jive soul bro with a traitor flag on his arm. (laughs) You know what? You're right. I didn't remember that big boss man came out to jive soul bro. Dressed. I forgot. Because, yeah, he was a bad guy and Slick was a bad guy. And he did have the Confederate flag on his arm. Oh, boy. Now, also, while mentioning old school wrestling, and this is why I'm glad, one of the reasons I'm glad we have the Friday something. We got to say rest in peace to the great leaping Lanny Poffo who passed away. I still haven't even read the details of what happened. I just read that he passed away. And man, such a bummer. Um, His brother, Randy Macho Man Savage, of course, passed away now over 10 years ago, May 2011. I remember it really, really well where I was when I we got the news. And ever since then, you know, Lanny's done such a great job helping sort of celebrate his brother's legacy, appear in documentaries, you know, really protective of his brother's legacy. Um, and, you know, as a brother myself, and I'm sure a lot of people out there listening can appreciate, you appreciate those brother stories in a different way. And uh, Lanny and Savage, to me, always had a really nice story. Um, and they're Jewish, by the way. Their mom is Jewish. Their dad, Angelo Poffo, not so much. Um, but that's how the bloodline works. Mom's Jewish. They're Jewish. Um, and, and then on, on top of Macho Man's greatness as a wrestler, I always was so charmed by the fact that when he came to WWE in 1985, he said, hey, you, you, get, you want me? You get my brother too. And that's how we got Leaping Lanny. Of course, none of us knew as kids that Jobert plus... Leaping Lanny was related to the macho major man himself. But yeah, rest in peace to uh, Leaping Lanny. M-m-m-m-m-m-m-m-mail. Um, all mail alright this one I have to read offline, but it's funny. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll respond, though. Uh, Marshall writes us, Mr. Rosenberg, love you. Uh, the too-busy Hollywood agent and the physically large Philadelphian. First-time caller, long-time listener. I got drunk a few weeks ago and ordered this masterpiece. Totally forgot about it. Got home from the bar today, checked my mail, and found this shirt. This is the best surprise since basically ever. Mage as F. Y'all are the best. Roll Tide, America, stay the magest. Uh, And he posted a picture of his cheap heat shirt, which arrived. I got to tell you, the cheap heat shirt came out fire. Shout out to everyone who got it. Troy, I hope we have one for you. I realized the other day, I'm like, Troy didn't say anything, but he wouldn't. I hope we have a shirt for Troy.
0: No, it's okay. I mean, a minimalist doesn't need more shirts.
2: (laughs) Uh, You know what? That must have been my thought process deep down. He doesn't need a t-shirt. God, as a minimalist, you'd be so disgusted to see my t-shirt collection. It would truly make you sick. It kind of makes me sick, and I'm not even a minimalist. Mm mm male. Chris says big shout out to the best wrestling show in the biz. With all the drama regarding who deserves to be the one to take out Roman, what if the best answer is both guys? We get Cody and Roman night one for the WWE title. Sammy and Roman night two for the undisputed title. Cody wins, takes his title to Raw for whatever combination of storyline. Sammy, after a three-man Tag with Jay and KO against Roman Solo and Jimmy at Chamber gets his big shot at Mania. In the main event, Jay helps Sammy get the win, only to super kick him in the face, saying he's the head of the table. Roman can take a much deserved break until SummerSlam, where we get Sammy and KO feuding with the rest of the now reunited Romanless bloodline through SummerSlam. Roman returns, now babyface, which we all know is coming, feuds with the family, setting him up with Rock at Mania 40. Let me know your tease, stay mage. Man, what a great storyline they have to tell. I, I, I just thought about when it comes to Roman going back to Philadelphia, the place of his disastrous Royal Rumble years back. I mean, you want to talk about our concerns around Cody at the Rumble? I mean, doesn't even not even in the same stratosphere of how they tra- they treated, I mean, they cheered Cody. We're just worried about it. Roman was booed so viciously in Philadelphia. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. I can't wait for those packages heading into mania next year. It almost like it's interesting. It's almost going to be hard for him to be a babyface in Philadelphia because you think he would just want to dump on the crowd so bad. But there's a babyface way to do it as well, to have him welcome back now as a hero. All right, let's get one more in here. There's so many. I love you all so much. Hello, Forever 24-7 champ. By the way, this week was the two-year anniversary of winning and losing the 24-7 championship. If you follow me on Rosenberg Radio on Instagram, you saw the moments, relived it. Uh, Anyways, to the 24-7 champ, uh, vacationing SGG and very busy dip. There's a lot of Cody uh, hate on this feed this past week, so my question is this. How does WWE keep Cody an ultra babyface all the way to Mania without fans turning on him? I personally don't see the Cody hate um, coming but understand your views and I'm curious about what they could do to keep you all invested for me it's all up to Roman Roman has to be a mega heel that people come to hate so much they that they celebrate anyone taking the title from him they can't ignore the Sammy story but I think Cody coming to the rescue of Sammy and KO after they are beaten to a pulp after the chamber with no Jay present would be a great way to merge Cody into the story in a subtle way from there a hobbled KO and Sammy win an opportunity to challenge for the tag titles at Mania with Jay begging Sammy not to go through with it since he's still hurt from the chamber and he doesn't want to have to hurt Sammy. Meanwhile, Roman finally acknowledges that he has to deal with Cody. Boom, mega baby face pop for Cody, KO, and Sammy at Mania from all fans. You know, I don't, I don't hate it. Sammy in the chamber. Uh, you know what I have to look up is hold on. What's currently announced for the chamber? I just got my tickets to go to Montreal. Montreal, you guys know how excited we have to do a special bagel episode from Montreal. By the way, that has to happen. I'll be by myself, but we're doing it. All right. Right now, there's an elimination chamber for the U.S. Championship and an elim- elimination chamber for the Raw Women's Championship. The Current U.S. chamber has Theory, Rollins, Gargano, Bronson, Reed. So, yes, Sammy in there is a possible thing. SmackDown, of course, tonight. Um, Women have Asuka, Liv, Nikki, and Raquel. And this is to get the Raw Women's Championship match at Mania. So, obviously, Bianca will not be participating. She'll be awaiting the winner. So yeah, maybe you do get Sammy in there. All right, guys, uh, there's mad email to get to still. and I'm going to try to just write write back to some people because there's so many and I am really super appreciative. My man Jeffrey wrote an entire essay, literally titled it an essay. Shout out to Tim Lane, to Chris, um, to Jordan Rote, Frank Neal, Bruce Miller, Sean McDermott, Mark Britt, Adam Fry, Andrew Bell, Jamie Hawks, Trevor, Marlon, Tyson, Don, Dean, Randy, Maynard, Daniel, Ramon, Carter, Zach, Chris, Steve Silverman, who sounds like a lovely Jewish man, Adam, Dan Levine, Doug, David, Jay Smoove, Zach, Keith Harrington, a regular, Mark, Frank Neal again, Freddie Nunez, who's been a regular over the years too, Eric. Jason, so many people, man. I pre- We really do appreciate all the love we've been getting for this iteration of G.P. Beats at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed Roxanne Perez. Enjoy the NXT Vengeance Day premium live event tomorrow, and we will see you on Tuesday. Rest in peace, Lanny Poffo. Stay mage, everyone. The professional wrestler in the
0: history of the art form. mage